Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Prep Files podcast. You are joined by your hosts, Amy and Tyrone. Amy, how are you going? Welcome to another episode, everybody. How are you? Yeah, good. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Um, we'll touch on in our next episode what's been happening season B, but I think this episode is going to be very relevant coming out of season B and all the competitors leading into Christmas. And it is the difference between a reverse and a recovery diet. Yeah, absolutely. Coming into the back end of season B and those final shows really winding up now or over the next couple of weeks, it's, this is something that uh, is really going to need to be taken into account for every competitor really. And just what's the step they want to take going into, into the future. And, you know, depending on what what goals they want to achieve. Let's start off with, we have two ways that we can come off, well, two ways that we recommend you can come out of show. And the one that we don't recommend first and foremost off the bat is just letting loose. So we're not going to be covering today is just going out, letting loose. Whatever you want. Exactly. Doing whatever you want and eating what you whatever you want and engorging and... Indulging in all those sweet treats that you see post-show. Yeah, I did get sent a couple of Instagram posts of people of competitors doing that, and I, I swear it even made made me feel sick. Just with, I don't think I could eat some of those things, you know, on a normal day, let alone especially coming out of such a clean diet going into show. You're so focused on macro and micronutrients, and then dumping a whole heap of foods you haven't eaten in a very long time. It can come with all sorts of issues. Exactly, exactly. So let's first decipher and define the two that we recommend, Amy, and that is a a recovery diet and a reverse diet. So do you want to explain what a recovery diet is first and foremost, and then we'll delve delve into a a reverse diet? So recovery diet is basically as it sounds. So the idea is to let the body recover as fast as possible. So rather than will go through a reverse, slowly increasing your calories. A recovery diet is essentially jumping straight to your predicted maintenance. We're not taking extra weeks post-comp to slowly build ourselves up. We are essentially jumping straight to maintenance. And this is really to stop all the dieting fatigue from going on any longer. Because when you're dieting at the end of comp you're very fatigued you're very tired your also immune system is very suppressed so these side effects we want to try and reverse as fast as possible and a recovery diet is essentially going to speed up those side effects and get rid of them as soon as possible i know we use a recovery diet quite often there are occasions where we will use a reverse diet and we will go through those today yeah and i think it's important to to obviously realize that first and foremost that you will suffer you know some metabolic adaptations and that you will have you know a lot of physical mental and physiological side effects from dieting for comp and that's going to be where a recovery diet is really going to speed speed up sort of getting you know taking care of those side effects but also in retrospect as well, I think it's important to note that because of how lean that you are coming out of comp, you're going to experience that you know, a lot of these side effects no matter what, and it is going to take time no matter which approach you do take uh, because it is from a physiological standpoint. I mean, if you were to get your bloods done, a lot of your markers would be through the floor 
and it does take time, effort, and persistence, you know, from a, a macro and a micronutrient standpoint in order to build those back up. And you do need to put on body fat again. So I think listing out that first and foremost is that you need to put on body fat after comp because staying comp lean is not healthy and it is not sustainable. It goes back to what we were saying about not just eating whatever you want as well, because you have been eating to a diet plan for say 20 to 30 weeks. You don't, you're not in tune with your body at this point. You're not listening to your hunger signals, whether you're hungry or not, you've got a plan, you've got to stick to it. So coming out of show, not only are you extremely lean, but you also, people say, listen to your body, go with what it feels and what you it gives you as a sign and a symptom. You don't, you've been ignoring those signs for six months. So you can't just jump in and eat whatever you want and just stop when you're full and intuitive eat because you've been ignoring that for the last six months. And and you are so lean and so tired and drained and depleted that your body is going to give you signals that you're just going to want anything and everything. Correct. And, you know, giving into that is just going to set you up for a whole host of negative impacts down the track, whether that be psychological, you know, gut related, you know, obviously, you know, you got to remember you haven't been putting a lot of food into your gut for, for an extended period of time and just filling it up with absolute crap is going to bring you with a whole host of gut related issues as well. So let's list out. So what determines for you, Amy, giving a recovery diet? Why would you give a recovery diet and who would you give it to? So I would give a recovery diet mostly almost always to competitors because they have been in an extreme dieting state and we need to get them out of that state as fast as possible, also within control. So I would use a recovery diet for pretty much every competitor. Now, there is an exception where you may not jump your calories to their maintenance, keeping in mind they have potentially lost anywhere from five to 15 kilos to prep. So yes, they are going to be a smaller body and they're not walking around at the same weight as what they were, say, six months ago. So yes, I might be a little bit more conservative with the recovery jump, maybe say 10% less than what their maintenance was previously, just to ensure that we're hitting their maintenance, bang on, get them back into a routine, get them used to eating more food, and then we can slowly increase from there. So I would, generally speaking, use a recovery diet for everyone. Yeah, and that's the important thing to remember as well, is that when you are putting somebody or yourself back into a recovery diet post-show, is that you're going up to your current maintenance. So for your current body weight, not where you were six months ago. Yeah, were six months ago or where you, you you think you should be in six months. And that's going to be, you, you know, you might build your way up. Let's say use you for an example, who jumped on stage at 46 kilos. We're not going to say, okay, you're going to end up ideally at 55 in your off season. So we're not going to just put you up to a 55 kilo baseline. It's up to your 46 kilo baseline. And then we're going to build, still build from there. So it's almost a bit of, you know, you go from recovery into a reverse where you're sort of climbing that sort of calorie mountain again um, in order to put on put on body fat and then build some new tissue depending on your goal as well. But what would be in your respect, obviously the pros are, of a recovery diet are lessening the side effects as fast as from comp prep as, as fast as possible and getting rid of that diet fatigue. What would be a drawback? I suppose it, then it comes down to maybe where I wouldn't 
use a recovery diet for. And that might be potentially a bikini competitor. Now, it depends on what state they finished their show in and what condition they came in because the condition of bikini competitors these days is a lot leaner than, say, a couple of years ago. So depending on how someone comes out of show, because if you're in a good state and you'll be reversing your calories into show, for you, your recovery diet might be only increasing a couple hundred calories or you might be at maintenance before you gave it into show. So you don't need to make that massive jump. It then does become a slow increase into a build. But other than that, I would say that, yes, when you do use a recovery diet, you do have to be aware that you are going to put on weight straight off the bat. And that doesn't necessarily mean body fat. Now, when you're increasing your food, say a thousand calories, you've got to remember you've got another, say, half a kilo of food sitting in your gut. So what's that going to have an effect on the scale? Your weight's going to go up. So when you are going into reverse diet, you do need to be aware that, yes, your scale weight is going to increase and that is normal. If you were to reverse your calories up, really, you're going to end up in the same vote whether you do it the week after or you get there six months down the track. The weight's going to come on no matter what. We need body fat to come on in order to let the body recover and really reset those hunger signals as well. And and that's where you need to take into mind and into account that let's say you, for example, you increase your carbohydrates by 100 grams you know, for that first week, you're automatically going to put on half a kilo pretty much straight off the bat. And that's just from just the fluid. That's just from the water that comes on with every, you know, with every gram of carbohydrates. You take on about three mils or three grams of water per gram of carbohydrate. So the hundred grams of you know, the, you've got the food weight and then you you've got the three hundred mils or three hundred grams that comes with every gram of carbohydrate that you've taken in. And that's going to be automatically a half a kilo, if not more, straight off the bat. And that's where you need to be keep in mind. And I reckon this is probably where you and I actually differ a little bit is where even with all competitors, I tend to go between a bit of a blend, if not more of a, more of a reverse diet and then a recovery diet or a bit of a blend where I'll... Let's go through a reverse diet. What's, what's a reverse diet first and foremost? A reverse diet is where, look, at the, at the end of the day, Really, you're probably going to end up at the same spot. You're going to end up at maintenance or your current, your perceived maintenance, and you're going to keep building your food until you reach a sustainable physiological level or an assist- a sustainable level of body fat, really. You feel like a human again. Yeah, exactly. And you get that determination to train and that drive and that motivation to go again. And you wake out of bed with a spring in your step and you're not dragging your ass around all the time again. So you, at the end of the day, you're really going to end up in the same spot, right? And that's the goal to become a healthy human being again. But with a reverse diet, you're going to do it at a slower, more gradual pace. And this is where, let's say, I like it in particular for females, right? I do find that, you know, somebody's going to tell me off for this in the comments or in whatever, but I do find that with females, it does work a bit better Mentally. due to the mental aspect and due to the physical and aesthetic and the aesthetics as well. You come off stage lean, And to see your body reverse up and change so rapidly, it can be scary. It can be, it can be scary, but, and it can also be quite disheartening, especially when you've put in so many months and months of work to just go, you know, you, cause you always have to come to terms with 
losing your abs. Then you have to come to terms with losing the lines and the, and the striations in your delts. Well, we know at the end of prep, those last couple of kilos are always the toughest to lose. And to see them come on within, it could be a space of 24 to 48 hours, you go, I have worked so hard to get these last two kilos off and they come on so quickly. So they should. And that's just something that you need to talk about, you know, either with yourself in the mirror and you need to discuss with your coach. And it's something that needs to be discussed prior to even embarking on comp prep, really. But yeah, in a reverse diet, you'll increase uh, your, your calories by anywhere between two to 250 to 300, depending on the size of the person and how far you're... I've seen some even increase it by like 50 to 100 calories, which is next to nothing. Yeah, that's too slow. That's that's not even a reverse diet. That's just taking a piss. <laughs> that just sucks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to increase you by 50 calories this week. Yeah. You get an extra 50 grams of rice. Yeah. Like... It's ridiculous. Or two fucking blueberries. All right, come on. Get with the program. If you're going to reverse diet, reverse diet properly and increase it by a couple hundred calories at least. And that's going to be your 50 grams of carbohydrates. Yeah, that's 50 grams of carbohydrates. 200 calories is 50 grams of carbohydrates. And just remember too, when you're increasing your calories, say it is 200 calories, the idea is to reverse your calories up and not offset that by activity. I see a lot of people, they increase their calories through a reverse diet and they counteract with doing more steps, doing more cardio. And that's not the goal of a reverse diet. A reverse diet still is to get you to maintenance, not just largening that deficit gap even more. And that's where we need to differentiate the difference between incident, incidentally increasing your meat because your calories are coming up and deliberately increasing not even your need, just becomes increasing your activity levels because you want to offset what the calories are doing. And keep in mind that as you increase your calories, whether it be via a recovery diet or via a reverse diet, you are going to generally move more and as you should because everything should start to return back to normal healthy physiological levels. So you don't want to offset that. But at the same time, as you increase your your calories and your, you know, or your carbohydrates or your fats, which are both going to happen, you are going to move more, which is then going to warrant you increasing. And this is in a reverse diet. You're then going to warrant that next increase and then that next increase. And that's why having that step target can also help as well, because if you are moving more throughout the day, say you finished your prep on 12,000 steps, you want to keep that 12,000 steps going or gradually bring it down even as your food comes up. Because if you increase that food, say by two to 500 calories, and all of a sudden you're doing 15 to 20,000 steps, which is a hell of a lot more than what you're doing in prep, you've just made that deficit even bigger. Your maintenance is no longer what we predicted. Your maintenance is actually higher. So not only if you're going to do more steps, we now need to increase your food even higher than it was before. Because we're not trying to hold on to that comp leanness. We're trying to get you back to normal. We're not trying to put you back in a deficit. Correct. And that's where I'll use my current competitor as an example where we've, she just finished up on the weekend. I increased her food by a couple hundred calories, but, and I did decrease her cardio from where it was pr prior, but we're in from, let's say five days of 60 minutes of cardio to five days of 30 minutes where it's no longer an absolute burden and to do it, but it's still maintaining a good amount of physical activity. And also her step counter stayed the same at 12,000 plus her five training days. So it's a lot. Absolutely. It's still a lot, but it's less than what it was. So it's 
down-regulating the amount of stress that we're putting on the body while up-regulating the amount of uh, nutrients and food that we're putting in. So her output is... Because you've got to remember dieting is a stress to the body, but so is gaining fat as well. Correct. So there's one extreme to the other. You don't want to go from zero to 100 and 100 to zero because either way, that's a massive stress on the body. So gradually bringing the cardio down and bringing the calories up is slowly getting the body back to its normal state. You're not going from 100 to zero. Yeah. And that's where you want to play that sort of balancing act as well. So, I mean, in terms of using a reverse diet, I, like I said, I do find it a bit more beneficial to uh, to females just because they, you know, from a mental aspect and from an aesthetic aspect and just for them coming to terms with those two sort of blending in. But also you still want to do it as fast as you can. And like we were just saying, you know, with a reasonable, with a reasonable amount of calories at the same time, because let's say you have a competitor that has lost their cycle. You don't want to be delaying that too far but you don't want them to start freaking out and then causing a more you know, causing more stress and anxiety which could then push that back even further. So let's say you've done a recovery diet with a female competitor who's lost their cycle, so then they they've got to come they're, they're becoming anxious because they're losing all the hard work that they've worked so hard for and they you know they're putting on body fat but at the same time you're trying to decrease the stress in order to gain back their cycle and release the stress in the body. So you kind of this is where the art of coaching comes in because you need to know your competitor and you need to know what's going to best suit them. If you've got a female coming out of a show and they are freaking out already of gaining a heap of fat and not being able to keep in control, you need to work with them and communicate with them and find what's going to work best for them because I've done both. I've done a reverse and a reco- almost a recovery and one works better than the other, depending on the person. There's no point in giving me, say, a recovery diet is best. But if I'm sitting here and I'm freaking out about gaining body fat and I like a very anxious person, and then you go dump another, you know, extra thousand calories on me, then not only yes, I'm going to be physically getting more food, but now I've got more stress on my system because I'm worried what it's going to do to me. Correct, and that's where you know one of the negative effects of a a recovery diet. And this is going to be dependent on the person and how much size they are. You know, you might be dumping an extra thousand calories and that- You might need it. Yeah, but at the same time, that's also where it might be causing too much stress on the gut because the gut's not used to having, you know, not only is it, it's not a thousand calories a week, it's a thousand calories a day. A day. Right? Which then over the week is 7,000 calories. That's 7,000 calories your gut then needs to try and digest and process, which it hasn't been doing. You're either going to- block up a lot of the time or you'll end up going to the bathroom too much because your body just starts freaking out and doesn't know what to do with it so and this obviously again like i said this is where the art of coaching comes into respect and it becomes very useful so i mean both have their pros and cons and both need to be used at varying degrees or you know with different types of people but i also think that this is where as we have spoken about before having that pre-prep phase where you you know you're with your coach initially and you do an initial dieting phase and you get a full history of somebody's dieting history is going to be effective on how how you make a decision because if somebody has had a problem with food before and you start dumping you know 500 or 700 or a thousand calories straight on them after comp that could be more detrimental than slowly bring them back up and keeping them to on the restrict plan 
And that's where you see that binge restrict start to come in. Exactly. But not that a recovery diet is not still a strict plan. And this is where we've said previously, where your comp is basically a pit stop on the way to the end of the journey, right? Because you've got your pre-contest dieting phase, and then you've got your contest and your show, and then you've got your post-show diet. So basically your, your show is either in the middle or three quarters of the way through your journey. It's never at the end and it never should be at the end. And if you thought prep was hard, I'm telling you now the post-show is even harder. And this is where it's important as well to make sure that you know, you're looking after your clients straight after they get off stage, whether that be making sure they have a post-show meal straight there with them and they're not having friends and family dump cakes and stuff on them. I mean, I am very lucky with my competitor this season where I had the, like she had a post-show meal that I had instructed her to have, but also I was then able to, after her last show, tell her, okay, go out for dinner. Why? Because we'd been together for so long, I know what she'd go for dinner. And what did she go out for? She went out for steak. Burgers and fries and the shakes and cakes. Exactly. I'm at ease. Whereas I know that a previous competitor who we fought a lot with, you know, yo-yo dieting and binge and restrict. And I know we had a blowout like six weeks out where all it was was the lick of a spoon on something she was making for somebody else. And that was like the end of it. And it ended up being a 6,000 calorie day. I'm pretty sure you've had the same thing. That's where somebody go, okay, you're going to reverse and we're going to take things a bit slower, right? But we're going to get to the same spot in the end because you need that little bit more restriction and you need to learn how to eat like a normal person without that outside involvement from friends, family, partners, et cetera. Well, sometimes having too much freedom is a bad thing. I know myself as a competitor, if I have too much freedom, it doesn't go the way that it's supposed to. The stricter I am, the more it works for me. But that's just me personally. Other people, yes, they need to have somewhat freedom, but there always needs to be parameters around that. Because if someone is just going out for an endless, hey, have a cheat day, man, that cheat day, I'm telling you now, that can end up being a whole week's worth of calories in one sitting. And not only are they going to then physically feel sick, but then they're also going to be beating themselves up about it. They're going to wake up the next day and go, well, I've eaten a whole week's worth of calories, so I'm not going to eat today. And that's where that binge restrict comes through. And that's where that post-dieting phase, it's so important because it sets you up. If you're a future competitor and you want to come back to stage, the hard work is done in the off the off season or the improvement season. So you want to set these foundations up now for a really positive future you in say six months. And and it's not only about where you could be taking in, let's say you're going to have yourself a cheat day or a cheat meal afterwards. Those that one meal becomes can sometimes become a day. It doesn't become one meal. It's never one meal. Exactly. And that's where that one day becomes a week. That week becomes two weeks. The next thing you know, you're 20, 30 kilos over your stage weight within like 10 weeks. And that's not where you need to be. That's generally speaking too much. And I like as a, I prefer personally like as a good parameter to start off with putting 10% on and then monitoring from there. If we can look at a figure of 10%, no matter where you are, whether you're like you've come in at stage at 90 kilos and you've, you know, you'll get to 99 or you've come in at 46 and you'll get to 50. That's a good base. And then you can work out from there and go, okay, where do we need to go from there? 
right? And that's also where you want to look at going, you or your coach or both should either be having that chat before your first show or after your first show or in between your shows and already strategizing a plan. I mean, I can tell you straight away that with my current competitor, as soon as she got off stage the first time and it was her first season and I judged her reaction on how she felt, my mind was already, I was already planning. And she got off the last time on the weekend and I'd already had her plan on what we were doing in respect and we finalized it today together. And she's already going again. We're planning for season B next year. So we're taking 12 months. And this is where I've already looked back and gone, okay, this is your current stage weight this time. This is where we need to be this time next year. I've worked backwards. You have X amount of time to put on, let's say for her, it's 300 grams over the next X amount of weeks. But this is continuing. And I'll go, okay, you've got 300 grams. I want you to put on 300 grams a week for the next X amount. And then we will be capping it off at, let's say, I don't know, in 10 kilos because we don't want to have to diet back as far as we did the first time. You're setting yourself up for a really successful next prep, which is the goal. And you should be doing that whether you are planning on doing another comp or even if you're not. You need a plan either way. And failing to plan and prepare is preparing to fail. I think that's how it goes. Or planning to fail. One of the two. You're going to fail. If you don't have a plan, you're going to fail. Correct. And it goes the same thing. Either way, you're going to get on stage. You don't do it without a, you don't do it with a plan. You're going to fail. You don't just die and then just chuck a tan on and go on stage. There's a plan. There's a reason. There's a process. There's a way. Same with coming out of show. There always needs to be a plan. So it's not time to, one, dump your coach it's a time to actually probably be in communication with them more than ever. Absolutely. And absolutely. And that goes both ways. And that's where it's not time for a coach to dump a client. It's not time for a coach to just go, okay, on your way, do whatever you want. No, 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 no. This is the time when we really need to pull it in. As minute and accurate as we were going into show, we need to be as minute and accurate coming just out of it as well. So it's going to be important both ways. And both recovery and reverse diets are going to have positive and negative effects on everybody and that's just the way it goes and you're going to have you're generally going to feel like shit for a while after comp no matter what i'd say give it at least depending on how lean you are but i'd say a minimum of like eight to maybe 16 even weeks yeah i'd say generally on that on that higher end for bikini competitors you're looking at that eight and then those fitness competitors you're looking at probably at least 16 weeks and for generally for all men you're probably looking at that 16 weeks because two telltale signs of feeling better post-comp are going to be one your drive and motivation and want to train actually three in your ability to be able to get that pump and you know feel the contraction and feel like you have a good session and progressively overload again and then two is going to be your sex drive sorry three that's three three is going to be your sex drive because Pre-show, you're going to have absolutely zero. And if you do have some, then you're either on... You wait late enough. Or you're on PEDs and you haven't told anyone. So that's going to be a determining factor. One, for guys, that morning wood is going to be the determining factor of how well you've recovered and how well your testosterone levels have sort of bounced back. And females, your sex drive and your menstrual cycle are going to be telltale signs. Whether you do that or whether you get to that point via reverse diet or a recovery diet is going to be dependent and on how you think you're going to be able to handle it. And you might start a recovery diet and the weight might creep on too fast and you freak out and you may need to just pull it back a little bit and go a bit slower. 
that's okay too. Like, don't think that you have to do one or the other. You haven't failed. Exactly. You might do a reverse and you might just be feeling a little bit too shit or you're just way too hungry and you might want to bump your food up by three, 400 calories, which takes you straight to maintenance. You might do a reverse for the first two weeks and then go straight to maintenance. So you've got a bit of a, like a landing or a run or, or a runway on the way to get there. So it doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. And you haven't failed if you choose one and go back to the other, et cetera. It's just adapting to the needs that you require at the time. And even though you're bringing your calories up, expect to be hungry still. I know my most hungriest days are probably post-comp because as your food increases, so does everything in your body and it goes, oh, I haven't had this in a long time. So hunger signals and everything do ramp up. So if you have jumped your food straight to maintenance, it is going to require a little bit more willpower and strength to maybe even stick to those maintenance calories. You might be finding that you've been dieting on say 1300 calories and now all of a sudden you get 2000 and you feel like your hunger is just being derived through the roof. So you are, it's still going to take some discipline to stick to that maintenance plan. Just because you've got an extra thousand calories doesn't mean those signals are going to go away. Not for quite some time. Absolutely. And I think that's the the most important thing to if you take anything from today's episode on reverse dieting versus recovery dieting, I think that's the best thing is going to be that you're going to be hungry no matter what. And it's going to take time. And it is the same as the same as it is to get into contest prep. It is the same to get out. It is consistent and persistent effort over time. So, I mean, when it comes to reverse dieting and recovery dieting, if you do have any more questions and you are on the outskirts of your or finishing up your season and you don't know which one to do, Ask your coach if you don't have a coach or if your coach doesn't know, send us a line. We're free to, we're happy to help out. Obviously, we can only give general advice because we don't know your complete background. But reverse diet, recovery diet, whichever you choose, do it well, do it strict, do it properly. You're going to end up in the same spot. So pick whatever works for you best. Exactly. And the goal is to become the best and healthiest version of yourself in the off-season to give yourself the most optimal amount, the most optimal fuel and micronutrients and macronutrients to grow. If you do have any other questions, head to our Instagram, send them through. They are anonymous, so you don't have to leave your name there. Otherwise, if you do have a more in-depth question, feel free to message us privately. So that's at the Prep Files podcast on Instagram. You can also find me on Instagram at Amy Dorrell. And you can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Felino. It's F-O-L-I-N-O. You'll know that you won't know that anymore because Amy refuses to say my name, my last name, that is. Also, you can find us both down at 381 Swan Street at Enterprise Fitness, where we both spend the majority of our days. Last and not least, seeing this is episode eight. And if you have been following us for some time, if you're on Spotify, subscribe, ring the bell, leave us a five-star review. That will help us get the message out to more people. If you're on Apple as well, please leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button at the same time. Until next time. Bye, guys.